Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Radical Musings. Hope you're all doing well and thriving and breathing and listening to music and figuring out how to be creative um, in any way, shape, or form, because I think even just coloring in a coloring book, whatever you got to do to be a little creative in our lives. This episode was so much fun to record because for the first time during the quarantine, I actually ventured out to the Audio Up studio in Mandeville Canyon where I spoke to Kathy Griffin in person. This was a big deal for me to be six feet apart from another human being outside my immediate family, and we did it, and it was great. We didn't record it. I wish we would have filmed it. But man, this was a great conversation. Kathy Griffin is the incredibly smart comedian who wound up in some scathingly hot water over a certain photo in 2017. She jokingly held up a Halloween mask depicting a bloody severed Trump head. I mean, the fallout was swift. She got fired from CNN to Trump tweeting about Kathy to landing her in the midst of all kinds of far right conspiracies. Ugh. It was just terrible. We recorded this just before the presidential election, and some of our conversation is pondering the most nonsensical, hypocritical, uh, ridiculous views of the Trump campaign. And I mean, I'm, I'm still, I'm still over here, scratching my head like we all are. Like, how did we let this happen? But the reason I wanted to speak with Kathy is, look, I'm a fan. I've known her for years, and I think she's amazing. She's still as outspoken and funnier than ever. And most of all, she has got integrity, and she's she's brilliant. Have a listen. Everybody, I am so excited to have Kathy Griffin here. Um, oh, I love her. Where, do I, her? where do I begin? Oh. Kathy is re- irreverent and razor sharp. We all follow her on Twitter. She's bold and outspoken, and I love her. Kathy, welcome to Radical Musings. I'm very thrilled to be here. And guess where we are? Do you know that this is bewitched Elizabeth Montgomery's house? That we're, we're, uh, this, is, this was her house? I'm, I'm waiting for like a hologram. I, I'd like some sort of appearance by Ms. Montgomery, because of course I love that show. Bewitched, right? Although I, I have a thing for Endora. Like, that's my jam. Like, you guys can have, you know. Do you uh, have the Endora haircut? I kind of want to be Endora. <sighs> I'm, that's a spirit animal for me. That is so funny. Yeah. Well, if you have a muumuu, I'd love it. I loved it. I would just want to sit here in a muumuu and cast spells. She did wear muumuus. Yeah. So, Kathy, well, here we are two weeks before the election together in a gazebo in Elizabeth Montgomery's yard. And um, what the fuck is going on? Seriously. What are we doing? I mean, I, I, I know this when I woke up like so depressed. On one hand, it feels like this incredible movement and change. On the other hand, it's like the worst hell of life that you can't believe that we're going to be in, under a, a dictatorship and they're getting away with murder. Yeah, it's it, the magnitude of it. I can't, um, I can't under, I can't stress 
uh, enough because at 59 years old, I kind of remember watching the Watergate hearings and trying to say to like my younger friends, like, oh, this is so much bigger than Watergate. And Watergate was life stopping. Like, you know, it was the days of three networks. And I remember our whole family, that was kind of the only thing we talked about. It was so seismic. And this is so far beyond that. It, it's hard to stay optimistic. Every day I wake up and I just go, now what? I admit I'm one of those people that, you know, they do those studies. How, like, do you look at your phone before you go to the bathroom? Yes. Do you look at your phone before your cup of coffee? Yes. And I, I also one of those people that hopefully we can return to a time when, you know, we're, we're talking about things that are somewhat boring. Um, and, but now it, it just feels so personal. I mean, I, I obviously have sort of a very personal connection to Trump and. Well, you have a real person. Can we talk about that? I mean, yeah, so sure. what did you do for people who don't okay. know? Well, Kathy Griffin did, what is two two years ago, three years ago? It was March 30th, 2017. And, oh, and the quote fallout is still going on, which is something I never could have predicted. Um, and so what happened was I took a very controversial photo where I was um, dressed in a kind of a, a, a high bow blue dress and I had a very stoic look on my face. I thought I'd be making it obvious that I was trying to make a statement or a joke, however you want to interpret it, it's fine with me. And I, ha- I was holding up a, a bloody Halloween mask of Donald Trump's head. And... Um, what happened was that photo, which I now know, I didn't know any of this at the time, I now know that that photo was put into the actual machinery that was used by the same, whether it's Cambridge Analytica or the same troll farms that we now are familiar with. But my photo was one of the early cases, certainly of a celebrity being put into that, I call it the wood chipper. Oh that, my God. that photo was manipulated and it was global within 12 hours. So it was in foreign languages. It, it had the, um, uh, I made a movie about the experience called Kathy Griffin, A Hell of a Story. And doing the research for the documentary part of the film, I actually kind of got to see for the first time that it was in Saudi Arabia, in Arabic, saying Kathy Griffin, Jihad Asset. So their first, their first sort of trick was to try to convince folks that I was an actual member of ISIS. And there's a lot of comedy in that when you think about it. Um, and, you know, it obviously up, upset Trump personally. And so he, of course, tweeted about me and, and then Melania. And uh, I got fired from CNN within hours. And, you know, no one knew at the time that this really was part of a uh, professional manipulation uh, uh, campaign, which we now know Facebook does, Twitter does. And at the time, it was like fairly new. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's lived on. I'm still a darling of the far, far right. I was just in Breitbart, I think three days ago. And now I'm in, I'm because of that photo, I'm wrapped up in the QAnon stuff. So I went from being a card carrying member of ISIS. Cause you know, ISIS is recruiting a lot of 57 year old red haired female comedians, very big comedian market over there in ISIS. <laughs> and now they've decided, I don't know if you're in this crowd, but they've decided I'm killing babies in a basement with Tom Hanks and Hillary Clinton. Ah, so you got into that. That's so this is this is my theory about that. Okay. Just so you know, because the pedophiles that exist that we because I I do believe that there are tremendous amount of pedophiles in the world. I I just had Corey on this show yesterday. Yeah. Um uh it's a real problem. It's a real thing. Yes. Where are the 5,500 children um, that were at the border locked up in cages. They're missing. They're gone. Yeah. Where do you think they went? What do you think they did with them? Well, I think, first of all, for the first time in this country, they exactly, there are concentration camps in the United States. Yes. And our, I grew up with the acknowledgement that one of our, the shames of our country was the internment camps. And um, 
you know, there there are, I mean, uh, someone I fo- you might want to follow on uh, Twitter named Jen Budge. She's a former um, Border Patrol uh, officer, and she's become a whistleblower. Right. And, you know, it's not that difficult to understand that this administration, with their, quote, separation policy, which is really whitewashing what it is, it's really a softball way to describe it, um, they are... Uh, taking illegally taking asylum seekers and yep. putting them in American concentration camps. That's what they're doing. And guess what? A byproduct of that is many of the women are getting raped yep. and many of the children are getting raped. And the, and they're disappearing. And uh, It's so horrific, horrific to talk about in that what I'm... And, you know, rumors can spread and everything, but just wait till they start talking about the Oregon trans, uh, uh, trafficking that they do with children's Well, Rachel Maddow did a story and she had a doctor, a a nurse who assisted in a surgery where the doctors were absolutely doing illegal and unnecessary hysterectomies. That we know. So that's part of the whole like far evangelical right wing. We don't even want you to be able to, that's right, procreate. You know, I, I would, I would wonder, and I don't mean to have the tinfoil hat on, but I would wonder if these women are also possibly being subjected to abortions after being sexually assaulted. Of course. And also, you know, I'm wondering if they want to make it so these women maybe can't get pregnant so they can sexually assault them. So I know it's horrible. No, but I have proof I, of. But the, we do have proof and they've just shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Yeah. I believe within weeks in this, that more and more is going to be coming out very mm-hmm. TikTok. You will see about this subject that we're talking about. I believe it. I know it. Um, so here's what I don't get about. One of the things I don't get the, about the QAnon conspiracy theorists. How can they so believe that, you know, I'm, I'm, I make, I'm sort of making a lighthearted joke about me and Tom Hanks and Hillary, you know, eating baby blood in a basement. But these are folks that for real believe that whether it's a celebrity or Barack Obama, how is it that they are so convinced that these folks are human traffickers and pedophiles when there's video of Donald Trump yeah. dancing with Jeffrey Epstein exactly. and those women who are brave survivors are saying, hey, that's me in the tape. By the way, I was a minor. And that's obviously one of the big disconnects. How do they not go, oh, our, quote, dear leader, our, you know, these women for Trump, don't get me started. Um, oh, how do they look at that tape? And are they so far gone that they think, oh, it's like a body double of Trump? Like, how, how do they reconcile that? I, I I don't know. I don't get these people. I don't know that that forty percent or more, half the country thinks this way. I mean, every day we're dealing with. Did you see the, the woman that was a Trump supporter and she was wearing a gigantic mask of a black penis on her face? Yes. <laughs> I'm not what? sure. The who are these people? Who are these people? I think it's maybe. Huh. I'm gonna just say it. She's maybe racist. Who wants some black cock? I don't know. Yeah. There, you I know mean, what? what I mean, it was like. Wow, I said. I mean, it was just like, what was what was that? Well, it's about? right up there with the woman, the famously from the the rallies prior to him being elected, which is you can grab my pussy anytime with the arrow. Um, I saw one a couple of days ago at one of his super spreader events. I mean rallies, and it just said like, I'm happy to get COVID from you. You know, it's it's I I don't I've never seen anything like it. Like here's the thing, I, it, I'm it, I'm a Jimmy. We I, are the ugly Americans. Oh the, yeah, the, 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 around the world where everyone was saying, you know, the ugly room. You know, what, what do you yeah. know? We are ugly Americans. And by the way, and I it's so awful because there's so many beautiful Americans like we know that are trying to do good things in the world and change the world right now and change this narrative and we, for our children. But like, do you want to? St- will you stay in this country? Will you look? I, I, uh, we're already yeah doing some moves. 
Good for you. <laughs> Here's the best part. Uh, nobody wants us. No. And by the nobody way, let me wants just us say, in. If I you can't guys go think we can just go to Canada, yeah, they you don't can't. want. It. No, you can't. No, no, they are. They and by not, the way, who can blame them? But they're like, they don't want. We've Americans. been applying for dual citizenship for about six months now. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want us. No. They, um, you know, it, it's just because we've had our entitlement has led us to believe, like, well, luckily I can probably go to Canada. Not anymore. Nobody. No, Trump nowhere. fucked that up. Can't go to Canada. I, um, I'm trying to get like some some like low budget gig I can do in in Canada and just like stay like I'm gonna be one of those like I'm gonna go live like in a basement for a while till they forget I'm there. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's scary. It's scary. It's also it's also um, you know it, it's something that, that it's sad that it unravels so quickly. Like when you were saying the ugly American, I remember growing up with that term. And my the first time my parents went to Europe, I think they were 36. And it was such a big deal. Like oh my god, we're gonna go to Europe. That's not even in America. <laughs> and it was like this big like all the relatives talked about it. It was exciting. And I remember my mom always saying, "Now Johnny to my dad, Johnny, we don't want to be those goddamn ugly Americans." And what that meant was. You talk loud at a restaurant. Maybe you yeah. kind of take too many pictures. You don't even try to speak a language. And that was kind of about it. Now the ugly American means, oh, you're going to go cough on someone because you're going to accuse them of being in the deep state because they believe coronavirus is real. Like, it's so bizarre. I don't know where it stops. And by the way, when you mentioned the 40%, yeah. when I watch, and I know this yeah. will go live after the election, but let's just talk about what was. Who the fuck are these 40 percenters? I know. How do you go through this time in history in our world? And how are you like either totally sold and in the cult or like you're on the fence? Like, I don't know. I, I, I guess COVID's kind of bad. Like, I, I, I am I I, I'm astounded by that. I don't have, you know, real. I have to say, I'm, OK, I'm sorry. Like, I don't have many I, Republican friends. In fact, I don't. Everybody is, that's in my life is definitely not a Republican. And. I was just kind of shocked at some kind of sneaky, hidden, pretending they're not. What do you mean? People that are are you know like someone who doesn't want to admit pretend it they're someone- liberal, but will but like the money that they're making in this world right now. Okay, and it's really depressing. Do they and not it- understand the concept of the simple economic concept that a bubble bursts? Yeah, that gonna- we literally print money now, and in of this course country? it's going to burst. We know it's bursting. We got to be yes. ready for it because it's going to burst, especially with the new administration, because it has to anyway, yeah. and he'll be blamed for it. Right. Be- right. What they've set up. Like like when- Like a horrible like when, beyond- um, Obama people- came in and dealt with the yeah. financial crisis. Yeah. People can't pay their bills. Right. People can't feed their families. Yeah. And and that's, that is, hor- and you know, here we are, two white privileged women. Have you yep. read White Fragility? Mm-mm. That's a really important book to read right now. Okay. Because um, it really teaches us, you know, like how as woke as we think we are, especially when it comes to, you know, racial matters, we're not. Yeah. And and I, I grew up thinking I'm woke, but yeah. I, I'm, we're not. Yeah. And, um, and that's, it's, I think it's a really important book. Yeah, I'm Follow happy to admit all that stuff. I don't know why more white people can't. Like, well, I, I admit, like, when I see all these Karen tapes and these Chad tapes, oh, yeah. I'm one of those people that goes, wow, like, was it always this bad? Or are they just being filmed? Yeah. And my friends of color go, yeah, it was always this bad. Now it's like... You now know, we, so have, now we have iPhones and we can capture yeah, moments. And yeah. the, but it was, it was always there. Um, but it feels... So in our face, especially since all of us witnessed the death of George Floyd, and it was the his birthday yesterday, which we didn't get to celebrate. Um, but uh, and we all 
felt him not being able to breathe. Yeah. It was like the worst thing I've ever seen. I can't oh, even talk man. about it. I had, it's, I can't watch the whole eight yeah. minutes and 45 seconds. I can't do it. It's yeah. so horrible. Like, and it did sp- spark a movement that it, this needs to happen right yeah. now. But who are these guys? Who are those crazy guys in the green that are not our guys? They are not our military. This oh, crazy exactly. militia. These guys that are allowed to show up and a, a, t- a 17-year-old boy is allowed to shoot to po- protesters. That's right. okay. How did we get here? And he's famous. He's and the mother. They get standing having, ovation for the mother. That's right. This and is they have GoFundMe's for him. And they've raised $500,000 for his defense. By the way, the two... And I, I don't I know yeah. people like the word survivor, but let's just say it. The two Sorry. dead victims. Yes. Um, nobody's talking about them. I don't I know the name Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't know their two names. And I'm embarrassed about that. You know, you know that's what? everything's backwards. You're right. You're you know, right. I saw I saw a couple friends of theirs interviewed in Kenosha. They by the way, they seem scared shitless to even say, Yes, I was friends with them, I knew them. This is a small town. I'm a Midwestern girl. Kenosha's not a throbbing metropolis. Everybody in the town had to know those two folks. Don't judge me because they're all atrocities. The one that I think I lose the most sleep about is the asylum seekers. Yeah. Men, women, children. Yeah, me too. In cages. Me too. Of course abused. Of course. Fox News saying, oh, they're giving three hots and a cot. They're giving me all this they stuff. They won't let doctors in. It's, it's, I, I it's, I, I. I don't mean to sound like you said, like the dumb white bitch who's woke. I, I feel like in my bones that I'm not even a mom. I feel that like we have to do something. Yeah, it's it's like too. it's like a stifling. I, I'm not saying that obviously the, the the BLM stuff. And by the way, let's face it. We live in L.A. I watch. I also but it watch, is racism. It it's, is. It's it systematic is. racism. It's all part of it. So yes. that's what we're really talking about. BLM is we're trying to dismantle the and systematic. I just want to say from the for people who don't now. live in Los Angeles and I love Los Angeles. I'm a Chicagoan and I love Los Angeles. I love California. I don't think the forests need to be raked. I think they need to be managed. I think climate yeah. change is real. All that. But can we be honest? I, I watch what I call the stupid news. I watch the local news in addition to the like national right. news. And the reason I call it the stupid news is they tend to like show a tape of Trump and they don't fact check. And they really only care about like people of color being arrested. Like that's pretty much the local news. Oh, but you have I to know. admit, it seems like a person of color is shot dead somewhere in the L.A. area every day. So, yes, we're talking about George Floyd. And I... Sorry, I feel like the LAPD has not changed since the freaking Rodney King riots. I, I agree. Like, they're still doing that shit. Yeah. And it's the sheriff's department, it's LAPD, and it's it happens all the time. And all you know what I've and learned? The, the if you watch the, don't know. There's if a you bunch watch that the we... stupid news, the local news, the phrase I've learned to look out for is officer-involved shooting. I used to watch that and think, oh, either an officer was shot or an officer had to shoot someone. Well, now I'm so grateful people are like following up on these cases and I should know the names, but I'll bet if I knew my shit, I could rattle off 15 names of people of color that have been murdered and people are saying, oh, it turns out they're just saying he had a knife. No one ever found a knife. Also, why are you going to shoot someone with a knife when you're four cops? You know, like, so I just, I think we need to be honest. And there is, you know, the right is so good about co-opting phrases like defund the police. No, it's police reform. But it does have to be done from the bottom up. What's wrong with admitting that? How How is this no working for you? Are, like, they have to do background checks on anybody who wants to be a police officer. If they were, were like, you know, on the, some white supremacist yeah. team, you know, in high school, they need to not be a cop. Yeah, and also... And I don't misquote me because I, I don't want to misquote her. I believe Kamala Harris said that when she was uh, the DA, yeah. 
that she uncovered that there were some members of Oakland police where it would be considered like a notch in their police belt if they could make yep. harm or kill a person of color. And by the way, there are many people of color in the police department. Yes, I, I get of that. Course. Um, but, you know, like you said about racism, it's kind of to me like the Amy Coney Barrett thing. Like just because she has two, as she says, black kids doesn't mean she's not racist herself. Like, I oh, she's racist. That, she, right. She, but I think that's she said something that was kind of very creepy. We got to look this up. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember the quote, but it was something having to do that. Well, like I, having, I mean, if having she said a, one more time, I have special needs kids. children that she was she linked it. To, <laughs> no, she said something like that. Oh, no. About oh, her Amy. children. Well, that she adopted. The, did you hear that? Like, I, like, what I didn't hear her know is how to name the five protections of the First Amendment. By the way, my favorite amendment. I just want to say if I had to pick one, that's my favorite. Can we really? I, I didn't even know that. It's my commodity. No, 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 no. I didn't know that she didn't know the five. She, you know, the one she didn't know. I didn't watch freedom to protest. Ironically, she could name four and she couldn't remember freedom to protest. And why would she? She doesn't believe in it. And by the way, can we just as a f- feminist, can we talk about this thing the right wing is doing, calling us bad feminists because we won't support her because she has a vagina? <laughs> didn't we go through this with Sarah Palin? I just because I'm not really sure she has a vagina. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Neither have her poor special needs kids. I mean, that whole thing. And by the way, who's paying for the pink bus that says women for Amy? Uh, Somebody's probably, you know. I hope it isn't the gays. I want to trust that the gays aren't going there with some pink paint. No, Not after all the marching we've done, damn it. Never, never, never. Never. She's not uh, friends at all with the LGBTQI Should any SCOTUS members be members of the Federal Society, much less six of them? And why about the life? I don't understand the whole life. The that's life. their whole jam. I think that 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 needs to shift. Yeah, that's their whole jam. Because I think I think it's really it's really as basic as. By the way, I'm stealing this from Steinem, so I'm going to give credit. Yeah. But you know, I saw her. I think two years ago, she was standing up at this thing, and she said, "You know, guys, it's kind of all about this. Once you stop a woman's reproductive rights and rights to her own health, meaning her health care, you're kind of running the board." And I was like, "Yeah, it's." It is kind of scarily simple. You control that. You kind of control everything. They haven't seen anything. I mean, they really think they're going to do that, be able to get away with taking away women's rights right now in this way. It's going to be. Did you ever run across Trump? Uh, so did you ever meet him? I was in uh, a restaurant and he was like, "Hey, I'm Don," and I was just like, "What know. year? Like what era?" It's definitely before he was, you know, even being talked about at all right. in any way shape or form but he still thought he was a player he was a player and he yeah. came in with hey i'm don he's a don oh, he's like, gross uh, yeah he, he was like get the fuck he's away. so he's, skeevy and gross he, he was always skeevy and gross but um yeah. and you know so are you know all those people that are around him i don't i, I just don't understand how they get away with murder i every can't day. like some of the ones that were supposed to take serious like i can't believe people still sit down and interview steve bannon but i did read a great article and i don't know if it was the new york times i pretty much read new york times la times and the post um post, but I, the post. I'll, they're terrible I, not the op-ed page, hmm. but <laughs> that's my thing. Not the op-ed page. Um, I think they're news. But I read it. Somebody wrote a great piece about the um, the like billionaire whose boat Bannon was on when yeah, they yeah, arrested him. Yeah, the Chinese him. guy. Yeah, I didn't know that Bannon didn't. I thought that was his boat. So I also think they're all full of shit. Like I think the ones that say they're billionaires aren't. Oh, they're broke. They're, yeah. I think there's. I think he's so broke. Trump yeah that that's the real he's just in so much debt yeah let's have a little patience because you know how like Al Capone you know he murdered people and 
and then they put him in jail for tax evasion. Yeah. I mean, it's just like one day, just it'll it could be a very a, a, a smaller crime mm-hmm. than he than we all know the horrors he's done. Yeah. But it, I think these guys are they're they're all criminal. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, it was heartbreaking all the stuff we're finding out about the Mueller probe. And I'm just going to say it, Bob, you fucking let us down. I don't want to hear any more about a hero fucking Bob Mueller is. No. Because you're still an American. You have lived enough and seen enough to know these are beyond unprecedented times. Uh, there, God only, God knows the investigative bodies in this country have used leeway when they've needed. And to just consciously make the decision to follow that I think it was OGE memo or whoever wrote the memo that the president can't be criminally prosecuted or even criminally invested, uh, prosecuted, and then decide to let that be your guide instead of a law or statute is unconscionable to me. The investigation was so long that even if he started out that way, he could see through the course of it that the republic was truly at stake. I watched every minute of his Senate uh, t- uh, testimony, and to answer in the affirmative by saying things like, you could say that. When the question was simply, did the president, uh, if they didn't want to use the word collude, was he in communication with the Russians? Was there a monetary exchange? And he would say things like, that's fair to say. Bob, you know, so I was reading Andrew Weissman's book, and it's interesting to hear as the lead attorney him saying, yeah, he kind of stifled us, knowing he was afraid of Rod Rosenstein, of all people. What a a a douchebag. How is that guy still a thing? cockroach. I mean, like, they're all, like... We should do a list of guys that are like we can't believe they're Ugh. still a thing. Like, how was Mark Meadows a thing? I don't Mark know. Mark Meadows was a low run unknown Tea Party congressman. No one ever heard of. Same with Mike Pompeo. I don't. By the way, I don't know how these guys went to Harvard. Like, I somebody. No, I, I don't. There's an Epstein thing too, wasn't he doing a Harvard thing? So he put a lot of money in there, and I think what he was doing was trafficking within there, like a young freshman girls. Yeah. Oh, you know who decided to start a Twitter war with me? Dershowitz. Oh, Dushowitz. Yes, oh, Dushowitz. I mean, by the me. way, that's such an easy takedown. I'm like, really, girl? I know, but it really? is. But it is. You know. He is the Dushowitz. They all have, like Tommy Laren. They all come after me for a while. And it's just like, it's just laughable. But like, I can't believe like. But he, he kept his underwear on. Hey. You should talk to Maria Farmer. You should talk and, to and the, I talked the to the girls with of, of Epstein. So, and that, and who've, um, the girls of Epstein, the victims and the survivors of Epstein. And that they were so brave. So, so brave. And it is just gnarly and disgusting. How what is it like for them to watch this story be so actively suppressed? I think it makes them crazy. I know that Maria went to um, the FBI 25 years ago. Wow. She told them everything. And it must be equally hard I mean, for them like, to watch these same people So many become, people were damaged. Quote, hashtag save the children. By the way, do your listeners know hashtag save the children? does not mean people are saving children. They are QAnon psychos. By the way, kind of brilliant. I got to tip my hat and go, pretty good catchphrase. When you see marches that are hashtag save the children, no one's saving children. These are a group of people. Go down and do that at the border. Right. Do it in front of the man that is responsible for putting children in cages and separating babies from their mothers. They think is a pedophile. They think they're saving children (laughs) from... You know, celebrities who are, like I said, drinking baby blood in a satanic fashion. They think that Pizzagate has not been debunked. Like, just be, just everybody have your ears and eyes open when your aunt from Minnesota believes in hashtag save the children. Just take a five minute Google search and it's not going to be what she thinks it is. I had a moment in March when we first went into quarantine about... Israel and I said something about the they've been working on a, a COVID vaccine 
for quite a while. And I wrote, so they so they knew that this was going to happen. So mm-hmm. they've been working on, and they probably have, a, if anything, they would probably have a good one. Um, mm-hmm. I said, and then I put Kushner and Kushner in there about investing. Kushner's investing in it. Yeah. This is in March, and I said I said something: lives over profit, or money for profit, or you know, lives. Like what happened to you within minutes? The bots got you. But you got was, swarmed. Jewish Journal, anti-Semitic, or something. Oh, like that. they mobilized all, the all the, yeah. all the, the big you know rabbis. Say, you you, know, in other words, you were a bad Jew. <laughs> you were accused a, of being a bad Jew. So meanwhile, my husband. We'll see, you know, what time is it now? My husband, um, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, who, you know, was the head of the Jewish Federation and like a, a long time ago, but like, you know, he's very active in the Jewish community. He has a Holocaust survivors organization. So it was, he was so live that they, 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 it was like, it was a real takedown in minutes, like what you said. Right. And it was like, whoa, whoa, when you look at the, it's not, it's not anti Semitic. I just said, I just not. said they knew. And by the way, they, the, they, all their technology. I mean, they're like they live in the desert and they have water, dudes. You know, yeah. like they, like why are we not desalinization? Right, right. A tank of but places also, here. It shouldn't it's be controversial ridiculous. for you huh? to make the link between Kushner financial ties and Bibi Netanyahu. Yeah. First of all, Bibi Netanyahu's reelection was is questionable, frankly, yeah. the legitimacy. You, Kushner is very tight with Bibi Netanyahu yeah. and has been for years. Yes, for many years, like so, hanging out together. Yeah. So, uh, that, so that's you know, why they, they move the embassy. You yeah. know, I mean, so there, there's a whole involvement there. They, yes. They've got. Things going, but it, it, it was something that was like so really said. Like I just, just I just want to say, me. when you got I'm swarmed. Jewish. I'm Jew. Okay. My mother, my mother, that's a metza. Okay, my, my mother uh, was Jewish. My father was a Christian. They got married, and then they became Muslims together. <laughs> Swear to God, we did Ramadan when we were kids, and then when my mother was dying of cancer, she decided I'm a Jew, and she's buried as a Jew. Okay, in Mount Sinai, you know, like so that's where she is, and and so we were grew up with all religions. And I, I just have a spiritual practice, and I just anyway. I was, I'm so sick of talking about Trump because it's making me so depressed. So can we talk about something? What do we do to make ourselves feel connected to love and positive well, energy? Okay, so here's one. I'm going to just say here's a byproduct. I think is kind of good. I don't know about you, but one thing I'm loving is I, I mean, I, I've always sort of loved this, but like I feel like with my friends such as yourself, I feel like people don't really do small talk anymore. And I like that. Yes, it's hard. And we're talking about yeah. stuff that's hard. And we're crying and we're angry and all this other stuff. But one thing I, I actually like is I feel like my conversations with friends, it's not so much, you know, oh, my God, I want to get my nails done. Uh, it's like who, people don't have time for that shit. We're not doing our fucking, by, like, by the way, I mean, I, I feel so sorry for the people who have nail salons and their whole salons have been closed. They've lost their businesses. There's yeah. like really awful for people. Yeah. You know, and um, I have this wonderful woman who she called me up. She goes, you know, I'm making house calls. And I was like, I was like, oh, it's so extravagant. To, and I said, no, that's giving her. Yeah. That's her living. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how she's making her living. And yeah. so we go outside and we wear a mask and she does the thing and yeah. she gets a big tip and I, it helps. I just feel like this is so overwhelming for so many people and, and just being in the Screen Actors Guild and losing my health insurance that and I, I lost thought it was mine like, as well and, you, and so we both have lost our health insurance and I, I'm sure you're pro-union like I am yes so it's like heartbreaking but, to me it's like I'm so pro-union yes my but joke it, is I'm pro-union except mine during a pandemic <laughs> though it's it's very it's very weird and cruel how it's being it done right now it also punishes you for not working well 
So and for the threshold, I believe, is $26,000, but you have to make it through the union. Yeah. So me as a touring artist, obviously, it's not a sag and after gig. No. I, I now made my most money from touring, right. and all my Bravo specials and my HBO specials were non-union. So I actually don't do all that much union work anymore. I wish I did. But in the world we live in now with all the media companies, good luck getting a union gig, because everybody knows they pay better and they have benefits. So it sucks. It's like, oh, I've been... I've been a proud union member for all these decades, and now it's like, sorry, you didn't make enough money, bitch. And so, yeah, I, I started it's, paying it's, it's in October. It's awful. It's awful. It's really awful. It's, it's really bad for so many people I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm you know hoping. I, I, I mean, I'm right now. I'm on my husband's insurance, and mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, but also our industry is affected. I mean, for me, I well, can't go play a theater. There's no, I, I mean, I, I just went to I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't even put my audience in that kind of situation. And yeah. who knows when I can go on the road again? I don't know. If who I knows? Think, I think, I think that rock festivals and all that stuff is, is a different world. Yeah. Well, the good thing about being a comic is honestly, I still see everything through a comedy prism. So as crazy as yes, all this yes, is, yes. I'm looking, I'm writing things down. I have my little voice memo thing. So Are I, you doing like Kathy Griffin in quarantine kind of vibe? I, 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 I think that there's so much here. I, I just yes. want to say one thing I'm sort of excited about as a comedian is, you know, my, my last movie was a concert movie that had a documentary element and it was about my Trump scandal and it, there was parts of it that were like a little bit serious right yep, and i've yep. never done a special like that and i i think as a comic i actually think number one it's what i'm more interested in doing and i think i love to make fun of celebrities that's fine i honestly i don't care about the kardashians anymore oh God. i mean look they're nice people i'm not saying they're bad people what i mean is my audiences frankly and they've they've been with me through when i was making fun of my mom when i was making fun of being on a sitcom when i was doing my life on the d-list and i just feel in my artistic comedy soul that people want something a little more real. I think they want something with meat on the bone, but they do want to laugh. So I kind of feel like just making fun of a celebrity's behavior is, is not really cutting it right now because first of all, we're not seeing celebrities. Like we're not having traditional award shows and traditional movie premieres. P theaters are folding before our very eyes. So I think it's important to be conscious of the changing landscape and I my my dream would be the next special I do. I would love to do something that makes people belly laugh, yes. but also acknowledges and touches on the real shit we're going through exactly. as a woman, as someone who's been in trouble with the government, as someone who's been on all kinds of different networks, and that's what I'd love to do next. So I, you know, I I it the time isn't this moment, but I think sooner than later that's the next thing I would love to do. You're doing it right now. Just like talk, just I am. I, I, I podcast too. Yeah, and so yeah. that's that's where I kind of feel at least comedy is headed. Like Dave Chappelle did a great special, and it was he did it in his yard in Ohio, and it was like very uh, atypical. It was I think it was like 23 minutes long, and it was um it was the title of it was the actual minutes and seconds that George Floyd took to pass away, and he went there, but he was also Dave, and he was funny, and you know, and I um I I just I what was the that. response to that. It was great, but I, I'll be honest, in this new media landscape we're in, which is everything is Zoom, where you're lucky to get, you know, 87 participants as opposed to when you're on a television show and you get millions of viewers yes. or at least hundreds of thousands. And we're also in an environment where I'm seeing a lot of art not catch on in the way I feel it should because the next thing is coming and it's a freaking disaster. So I think it'll be kind of a timing thing, but I do I'm think people want to laugh, but I think they need a little realness, as the kids say. I'm really inspired by the young, the youth right now. Yeah, like there's so many cool youth art like artists that are doing things that are so different than the way we did it. Yeah, and I think you know it's like kind of got to go. Okay, you know, 
Greta Thunberg, and then Jane learned from her. Jane Fonda learned yeah. from Greta Thunberg, like that. This this extraordinary avatar of climate change, and she was so blown away on top of Naomi Naomi's book. Um, Klein's if we book. have to really defend Greta Thunberg, like besides yes. the fact that Fox News vilifies her in a way that is nothing short of bizarre, so- she really is an amazing she's, person. She's an avatar. Yeah, and it it is. It is shocking to someone of my generation to even see someone like that not be nothing but celebrated. I mean, yeah. there's no downside to her. No, okay? Nothing. It would be as if, and this didn't happen, thank God, but remember how everybody was inspired by Malala? Thank God oh, yes. that was during Obama yes. and a different time. And I remember, like, I would watch her when she was addressing the UN. Yeah. Michelle yes. Obama sat yeah. down with her. The book, My Name is Malala. Yeah. Like, her story was so moving yes. and inspirational. And at that time, nobody was, like, going for her. My God, the woman was shot by the freaking Al-Qaeda, you yeah. know. And it's so disappointing. And so I think it's great that Jane's doing that and you're doing that. But we do. We need to amplify those voices. The, the, I'm not like, on the Let's Vilify Greta Thunberg bandwagon. No, what is that, you know? We, we ladies have to stick together. Yeah. And we. so who are your girlfriends? Like, have you gotten rid of people in this yes. time? Yes. I have. I mean, for, for me, you know, the, the Trump thing was a real divider. You know, a lot of people just literally just ran for the hills. A lot of people made a point to call me. And tell me I had done this horrible thing. And, you know, that was like, it was very, people had real knee-jerk reactions. And the, rea- the, the fallout was so extreme that it was, it was hard, you know, going through that. Um, and I can tell you m- most, if not all of them, still feel that way, which is kind of tough. So I, I know that people don't like this and I don't want to be in a place so divided. I, 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 I do not have Trump voting friends anymore. I've always had Republican and Democrat friends, um, but I, I, I had a, a female friend, and when she said, you know, I just don't care about the women's stuff with Trump, you know, he's good for my 401k, all that stuff. It, it, yeah. I just, I, I guess it's me being judgmental, which is wrong, but I can't, I can't no. see them in the same way. Me too. Because this just, this isn't W or uh, Bush Sr. or, you know, it just isn't, you know, it's, it is just different. And um, because I had such a personal situation and continue to with all the whole family, you know, all that stuff. It's, um, it, it's, it's tough. And that's why I'm very, I will say, if nothing else, I'm curious to see where these Trumpers go. And now that so many of them are not only queuing on people, but they think Hillary Clinton should be in prison. They think Barack Obama should be in prison. Like, it's so extreme. Like I said, going, going, um, being part, part of events where you know, acting like COVID is a deep state conspiracy, actively trying to spread misinformation, thinking they're, quote, owning the libs, you know, all that. And I don't mind being called a libtard. That's just kind of silly and, and weightless. But um, I've never seen anything like it. And it feels like people that have been indoctrinated. Um, and I don't, these are people that I don't know, frankly, 10 years ago that would think Facebook was a news source. And I feel like I can't even say to them, can you just do like a quick fact check? Like if you're looking at like AmericanPatriot.com, that's not the New York Times. And they'll say, do you mean the New York Times? And I'd be like, no, I mean the New York Times. Like That's it's, scary. So m- myself, I'm then in a position Oof. where I have to kind of check them. 
And I don't want to do that. You no. know what I mean? I don't want to be with uh, formerly before COVID at a 10 person dinner. And when somebody says the Jew York Times, I don't want to continue at your to be dinner the, table. Yes. The wow, only what person did you do to, to raise it? my what, hand. And what did go, you say? That's not, you know, that's not cool. No. And then have that person go, oh, well, what do you know with your blah, blah, blah? Like you thinking at your that, table. Oof. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not, it's not pleasant. You know, and so not only is it disappointing for me just as a person, but it, I feel it puts me in a position now that I've become this like real, in their mind, real left wing lightning rod. Like, I don't like that people see me as the left wing and Coulter. That's not who I am or who I want to be. I'm just the girl from Suddenly Susan, my life on the D list, you know, millions of specials, you know, like you guys all know me. So it's, it's hard to see people who may know me personally, kind of putting that on me. And so it's, Terrible. it's kind of a friendship ender. Oh, of course. You know, and yet I'm not mourning, like, I don't, obviously who wants to be around people that would behave that way, but it's also odd because I see them really believing this shit. Like it's, as they say, it's baked in and that's, you know, so I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'll make my, my subversive jokes as much as I can, but I'm curious to see how this all turns out. I mean, these are, these are, like you said, 40% of our citizenry is behaving like they are in a cult. I know. And I don't know why they don't have intellectual curiosity. I don't know why they even believe things that are so outrageous from YouTube or Facebook that they don't know. Like, I'm sure you're on the Epstein flight log. Have you heard this? Um, I'm, I'm not. Well, neither am I, except I'm told I am. And so people, you know, they, they put on all my social media, they send me clearly what's an excel spreadsheet and it's just a list of celebrities and it'll be like you know it's bad enough you tried to kill our president but now i find out that you were on the pedo plane to epstein island oh my god and they think so it's a flight log like they think it's an official you know and i, I obviously did you, gonna, you didn't know jeffrey epstein no well, who, i don't like, of course i never knew jeffrey epstein or elon or none of those right people. and it's like it's These one thing like, if you're gonna accuse me of being an isis that's crazy enough but like to then just be convinced and then I see, as you know, like when you get swarmed, you know, and then see 10 other replies from people that may be robots and probably are not, you know, saying like, I, I did hear that. Why would you? I used to think you were funny. I didn't know you were on the pedo plane with Epstein. So what happened? Well, how, well, now we're going back to how did Trump get? He used to be a Democrat that supported the Clintons. I think I think for some reason, in my opinion, the evangelicals got a hold of him and realized how malleable and how how easily he is to purchase. And I think that now what we're seeing with the Supreme Court and these lifetime appointed judges and circuit courts and stuff, that it seems like was their plan the whole time. Like it just seems like the Republicans have been so much smarter and effective than our team at realizing the district level gerrymandering. And let's face it, they had us. They saw us coming. We were worried about this and that and the other. And they realized the state legislatures make all the difference. And getting, I mean, there's literally a QAnon person in the state. I think three state legislators have state senators. They're QAnon people. And those people, they walk in lockstep with whatever they're told. And it seems to me there are two things are um, the racist agenda, which for some reason, I guess, makes them feel safe. I guess it's the whole you know, like when Trump said, hey, suburban women, I made your neighborhood safe. I think we all know what that means. The pro-life thing, meaning if we can control a woman's body, we control the whole human race. And then the tax thing, which to me is the myth of big corporations have been effective in convincing working class average Americans that they can save them in taxes 
more than they'd ever end up spending on anything from healthcare to housing to uh, the fact that the minimum wage isn't going up. And they've been effective at those three messages. I, to me, it's kind of, it seems to be those three things and the tentacles around them. Mm. So it's our turn now. It we is gotta be, turn. we gotta, uh, you know, and I'm it's all happening. People dirty, are standing baby. in line and waiting yeah. 15 hours with their, I said, bring instruments. Yeah. Like just, just, just make this, have your mask, be right. social distance and play instruments. And let's just make this a, a, a party of yes. you know positivity and get this guy these people out we have to get them out yeah and meet people and meet like-minded people um you know i, I read somewhere that annie beats the writer yeah. said she was uh she was a writer for snl by the way to be a woman writer on snl of any era a tough hang and um lauren and his nonsense but anyway i digress uh you know and i read an interview with her a long time ago and it always stuck with me and she said do what you think is funny you know you can never guess what people will like it's kind of like the old thing like you can never have everybody like you and i think um you know like if i meet younger comedians certainly if they're women i always i always cut to the chase i'm like let me just break it down you're not going to make as much money as the guys you're just not you're gonna have to fight for even 50 cents on the dollar when my joke is when I hear women saying they make 80 cents on the dollar, I'm like, oh, my God, where do I sign? I've been making 10 cents on the dollar my whole career. Oh, God. And so I always say, what? yes. And so the, the wage disparity is huge. And I always say, but it's doable. You know, hang in there and do it the way the boys do. And the guys are all in comedy. They're bros before hoes. And they stick together and they employ well, each what, other. Like, like Louis C.K.? Yes. Like, what was that? Yes. And when he go, and then when he, and there, by the way, there's a whole campaign and, to and bring the, him back. I, by the way, I loved his first show, and I love Pamela Adlin. Yeah, Adlam, he did a great I show. I love you know? Pamela. Woody Allen made good but, movies too. I mean, too, and but. I wait, and he was funny, and he's a good actor, and all that stuff. But then when he came out and did this, and then disappeared for nine months, and then came out and did a rape joke, I was thinking, like, what? You had this opportunity. Yeah. He missed an opportunity where he could have been that guy. Go, you know what? I. I and make comedy of it, but like he grew from it and could help others heal from maybe being a creepy, masturbating sex addict, you know, yeah. <laughs> in front of other people. Yeah, like, they don't roll. The guys don't roll like that. They're all wow. about we're going to do it the way we've always been doing it, and you bitches better get out of the way. So he's it's got not, the backing well, they're, of the and, and they're going to end up they're ruining the themselves because it's not okay. You can't, I, I know, and right? and I would argue it. It actually isn't going that well for him. I would argue. Yeah. I mean, he he could. I'm sure he could buy and sell me ten times over. I, I just don't know if there's real sort of staying power in that. I'm no. sticking to my rapey yeah. personality. Um, and, you know, I, I think I think the... It's just disappointing, man. I mean, it's, when, it's, when people like... It's so, brutal. Like, is there anybody that could wake up from this and be and understand? Like, I wonder how Gary Shandling would have been right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, it's also frustrating to me as a female comic, and so many of these guys are either my peers or I've come up with them or whatever. You don't have to be rapey. You can be just as funny without being rapey. Yeah. And the thing that killed me about Louis when I first read the New York Times article written by the two young comedians is, and they describe the incident in Aspen. I've been to the Aspen Comedy Festival many times. I have gone to the room of a famous male com comedian genuinely thinking, oh, this guy is going to like give me tips or this guy is going to help me out. And you know, uh, I've been in those rooms many times. And let me say, you know, when you're a young female comedian, you really are innocently going into this room thinking, wow, I idolize this guy. We're going to talk shop. I'm going to, you know, and I had many conversations that were like that. That was great. But what really touched me, and I never forgot about the Louis C.K. case, is the fact that these two women got out of comedy entirely. That that incident crushed their, their dreams. Crushed and that's what I always say when a guy wants horrible. to stick up with Lu for Louis to me. Yeah. I always go, well, first of all, I've never rubbed my vulva against any young male comedian. That no, You're not going to ever read about that. But also... <laughs> 
he crushed their dreams. Yeah. They both one wanted to be a stand-up, one wanted to be a female comedy writer. They got out of the business entirely. They didn't just even go, okay, well, maybe I can do this part of the business or maybe I can go work with this female showrunner because there wasn't one and there isn't one. And, you know, to this day, I always say to people, which you did know. Did you but, know their comedy? Did you? Did you? Yeah. Uh, the, the girls? Oh, I don't know the girls. No. Okay, you don't know the girls. But I was that girl. I've known those girls. They're still out there like crazy. Who you know, are the great hap- com- comics, the female comics out there that you are going, okay, all right. I mean, I got gotcha. you. I, I got you. I'm going to, I want to elevate there's, you. I'm a, I'm like a comedy fangirl. Like yeah. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm like not, I'm not um, snooty about comedy. I think if you're a prop comic and you're funny, that's fine with me. I think if you tell knock knock jokes and you're funny, that's fine with me. Cause you know, I, uh, my whole style is more like storytelling. It's yeah. not really sort of standard tonight yeah. show, six yeah. minutes of jokes. And I, I mean, I just, I will watch anything Wanda Sykes does. I, I love her so much. Anything <gasps> Hannah Gatsby love. does. I will watch any, you know, I love the greats. I'll watch any, any tapes of Moms Mabley and Phyllis Diller. And I love the great sidekicks. You know, when you were saying what inspired me, I grew up worshiping the great sidekicks. I wanted to you be. You loved Ethel. I wanted to be Ethel. <laughs> I wanted to be Rhoda. Yeah. You know, I thought, you yeah. know, let the pretty girl come in. Rhoda and ended do up a, having her know. own show. Huh? Valerie Harper. Exactly. Who was in story theater when I was a kid. And my father was in story theater in Broadway. And she, so I knew Valerie That's Harper. That's the gig. Like, yeah. I always was like, I mean, it's great to be Mary, but don't you want to be Phyllis? Like, I always loved those sidekick roles because I always felt like these girls got to come in, get a laugh and go out. And then the pretty girl could do the heavy lifting. And I just always, that was just always attractive to me. And that's what I still love. I I love making people laugh and getting the laugh. And, you know, I I also think any way you can do it is fine. I don't care if it's a funny commercial. I don't, I mean, I think the commercials with Mark Hamill and, and Patrick Stewart are hilarious and that shows people it can be a funny commercial. I'm sure, you know, I've done every, AFI movie in the book for free back in the day. And I, I think you sh- every, every f- equity waiver theater production you can imagine. And so I just love the opportunity to work. And, yeah. you know, as you know, when you're an artist, you don't always get paid to work. No. To this day, I do stuff for free all the time. If I just did a movie can- for $200 a day. It's like it, it cost me more to, you know buy coffees for everybody right Right. exactly (laughs) exactly it's just like that's what it is for the love of the game and i think at this time i think that's really fulfilling for us but also important for us yeah you know so i i mean that's the other thing is i i do tell young comedians i'm like it's not going to be a money grab let me tell you right now you might read about this person got a hundred million dollar deal at netflix that's probably not going to happen so and i always just say to people you better love it like, if you don't love it, you know, because I always say if you're a comic, you're going to bomb more than you kill. So you got to love the times you kill and the process. And I freaking love it. I mean, it is, as they call it, a burning desire. I have many moments a day where I can't wait to hit a microphone. I just love it. I live it. You know, I, I just love everything about it. So even through these crazy times, you know, I'm, I'm just constantly writing down snippets here, snippets there, because there's always going to be a need to make stuff funny. Do you have animals? Yes, I have four dogs. Four. And they are lifesavers. They are, I'm telling you, they're getting us through this pandemic. They're getting us through quarantine. They're such characters. They're so different. They're horribly behaved. They're not trained. They're not Caesar Milan. I mean, they're not Westminster. They are just, they're almost feral. They're almost feral. I think, you know, I'm going to grow hair on my back if I keep quarantining. (laughs) And they're just like wild. And they're so funny. How are you managing your relationship? How how is marriage during quarantine? Because it's... I mean, we, the good thing is we work together. You know, Randy's been my tour manager for eight years. And so we're used to traveling together. It's, I think that's kind of what's tough is we, we just love traveling. You know, we got to see the last 
tour I did, the Laugh Your Head Off tour, I mean, we went everywhere from, I got to play the Sydney Opera House. Oh. I got to play Iceland. I got Fun. to play the, wow. uh, the Palladium, I think, in London. You know, I mean, just beautiful venues, but also beautiful places. So yeah. that was, it's just part we're of our stuck. DNA. It's like we're behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, mean really- I did a show in Singapore. You know, I never thought I'd get to do a show in Singapore. So I'm definitely kind of, I have real sadness about that. Because when you're a comic, so much of your life is the road. And you get so much material from the road. It's like the musicians. I love it. All my friends and musicians. Yeah. So, but to keep to keep things cool with you, did you go through periods? Like, I, I know it's been really challenging. My husband and I are like, sometimes we're at each other's like, Rawr, are we going to make it? It's just intense. Yeah, I mean, you know... Um, yeah, I'm sure we we'll go into separate rooms and stuff like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But just take a little space. Yeah, just to. Yeah. Just I also have a house that's thirteen thousand four hundred square feet. So I live in a I live in the main streets of Valor, California. There's a lot of challenges. Um, no, and so uh, you know we kind I kind of laugh that we have I have this gigantic house. Where you're we just, selling it right though. I yeah, you sell it. Yeah. And it's, we don't need like that's the thing. I think everybody needs to downscale. That's we what have I'm saying. Too it much is, shit. It's ridiculous. Ugh, Two it's people ridiculous. banging around. It's basically like a biosphere. It's big enough and to this, be its and own this, city. This is this is people. We're rich people. Yes. Like, yes. like well, this is a kind of discuss. I'm not a rich person. I, I my husband is um, wealthy, but I myself with my on my own is is you know struggling figuring it out. And you know maybe I'll continue to. I don't know. I mean, who knows what the future is going to bring? But um, those kinds of problems are like we're talking about homes selling that we live in nice homes. Yeah. We have cars and and. Up to recently, we had health insurance. Yeah. Um, but this is the real world now. And yeah. I am so grateful for the way I was raised as who, a kid that didn't have money. And mm-hmm. I grew up being super poor. Yeah. And food stamps. And sometimes the thing that we lived in Virginia for a while in a, a commune, and then there was a thing called commodities where you get canned, disgusting, horrible food mm-hmm. that was so gross. We we live like, we grew up that way. We grew up poor. So... I'm a hamburger helper kid. Yeah, my mom I, could yeah. work that hamburger helper. Beef we, stroganoff was we, my fam- and famous and the Swanson's the TV dinners. Oh and yeah, so, yeah. So, so I know where I come from, mm-hmm. and I and I've never ever ever forgotten that. And to the point where it's just like when I see the disparity and how horrible and unfair it is is right now for so many people that it, I, I feel sick. Yeah. So I've. You know, not I'm not putting money into the economy by shopping and doing all these things, mm-hmm. and and it's wasteful money. I'd rather send it to a candidate, yeah. and that's what I've been doing. A pair of shoes, so is, they can get elected and overturn Citizens United. Oh, who's with me? Oh yes. What explains Citizens United? Citizens what, United is a Supreme Court ruling, and I should know the year, which said that there is no longer a limit on super PACs. So there's still, I think, a twenty five hundred dollar limit on direct campaign contributions. Um, I believe that this is the decision that also decided corporations are people. And so um, many people don't know that what we call dark money means a super PAC for a candidate at any level. Um, You can have unlimited unlimited amounts of money from uh, sources you do not have to disclose. And there's no truth in advertising rules. They can quite literally say anything from... You know, Joe Biden is a pedophile, and that can be an ad for some crazy person running for yeah. the Senate in Georgia. So dangerous. And there's nothing you can do who about are, it. Who is, happens to be the pedophile running in Georgia? We probably I mean, they have, they have, the pedophile no, no, themselves. No, not, not in Georgia now, but we've had, we've seen all these creepy guys coming up across the country that are well, uh, um, for right, office. Who was the guy? Doug Jones beat him. Yeah, and he brought uh, the sheriff, remember? Um, yes, Alabama. yes, yes, yes. Um, 
Roy Moore, thank you. Uh, so there's like rapists and pedophiles coming on uh, out of the and, woodwork, and for out I know. of the woodwork. I know, and and, and, they, and he hires them, and it happened quickly. I mean, obviously, not everyone's. I'm no Supreme Court scholar, that's for sure. But it's one of those decisions you just can't, like you said, you can't ex- expect everyday Americans to be up on this decision. No. So if you're just a normal person and you kind of watch some news here and there and you see a commercial here and there, they're just you don't even know that where that money is coming from or why they're messaging it in a certain way. And so anyway, that's what Citizens United is. It said there's no more truth in advertising. You don't have to give equal time to anybody. Dark money, whatever that means. Sometimes it's it's normal contributions, and that's great. But super PACs just means organizations that decide to back a candidate or a cause. Like there's big oil money would obviously be pack, be backing typically Republicans. And, um, you know, uh, quote, activists like such as ourselves, there's organizations that would back Democratic candidates. Okay, fine. Um, but let's just be honest. Our team just doesn't do it to the level they do at all and never will because we don't have that kind of money. And so um, this is one of those decisions that if it could ever be overturned, and I don't know how things are looking with the six to three court, then that would, I think, be a real paradigm shift in politics and how we consume the news about politics. Kathy Griffin... I love your mind. Thank you for being so <laughs> super smart and educating us all. That's why I'm doing this is just to talk to people I love and admire and hear what they have to say about any subject they want to talk about. And And I'm so happy you were here for Radical Musings. Well, I just Because love I loved your ra- your muse. You're, you are a muse and you're musing. <laughs> your musings. Good, good. I have plenty of musings. And you're amusing. Good. That's <laughs> that I'm doing my job, damn it. You're funny. Oh, I know, but we need more funny. We need to laugh, and I hope you're working on something that um, will soon make us all laugh. I, I, will, I think I there's promise. something in quarantine that you could be doing exactly. funny stuff. We got to talk about it and laugh about it. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. You're a doll. Bye. I love you. Love you too. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review Radical Musings to help other listeners find the show and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to be alerted every time we post a new episode. Radical Musings is brought to you by Audio Up, produced by Krista Liney and Carla Braun, edited by Jeremiah Zimmerman, production support provided by Ashley Ardent, Sam Winter, Tyler Dorson, Emma Rappold, and Richard Regal. Thank you all so much. Hey, how'd it do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.